This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. I'm really excited today because I have Laura here, and Laura has founded one of the coolest companies, I think, on the planet called Mingle Mocktails, which is just so exciting. But before we get into that, um, I I want Laura to tell us her story. So welcome, Laura. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and really excited to be speaking with you as well. That's awesome. So why don't you back us kind of all the way up for you? You know, this, I, obviously, I think this business probably came out of a journey of your own that I'd love to hear about. Yeah. So, um, Annie, what you mentioned was I did launch a brand, Mingle Sparkling Mocktails, and I'll start with the end and then go back. It's a line of non-alcoholic mocktails for people who want to feel part of the party. And this product was 100% inspired by my journey. So now I'll start back. Um, I, my story is actually similar to you, Annie, where I, um, I, I grew up in Southern California in San Diego, went to college, got a job in sales, and was very always highly motivated um, to be a successful businesswoman. My mom reminded me over Thanksgiving, she's like, you always wanted to wear power suits, you know, you wanted to have an office and all this stuff, which rang true. And that's what I ended up doing. So um, I I developed a career in sales. And um, within that career, there was a lot of activities involving drinking. Um, And Now, growing up, I had my own experiences drinking, as many of us did, and I did drink more than most people at various times, but it was really in uh, the workplace and as I got older in my 30s and such, where um, drinking became more of a prominent part of my life. And so it was really... Uh, What I found was when I was at work events, participating in cocktail parties and business dinners and receptions, I loved those two, three, four glasses of wine. You could see how I started with two, but it quickly went to four. And that became a problem. I found that I, um, I look forward to drinking more than I look forward to the business being done at those events. And I called myself out on it. Uh, it was in, uh, it was about four years ago in our neighborhood. I live in Philly now. Um, a lot of ladies were doing juice cleanses and um, my very best friend who lives in Sonoma, California, she was doing it as well. And all these people looked so vibrant and they looked like they were glowing. So I thought I'm going to try it. So when I did this juice cleanse, um, I had to quit drinking and um, I noticed two things. Number one, it was super hard for me to do that, like super, super hard. And number two, I felt a heck of a lot better. And um, I made a decision to stop. uh, And it was really hard. I'm not going to lie to you. It was so hard. And the biggest challenge I found was that when I went to social events or work events where alcohol was served, I felt like a fish out of water, especially in the beginning. I mean, I can remember specific neighborhood gatherings I went to where they're like, um, well, you know, the drinks are over there and it's like white wine and beer and cocktails. I'm like, what do I drink? So um, it's just the same at work events. You know, you get stuck with seltzer with the the wedge of lime if you're lucky. 
Um, so I started packing ginger ale and diet ginger ale in my purse so that at least I felt like I had something in my glass and it made me feel better. Plus people got off my case, you know, like, what are you drinking? Are you on the wagon? What's going on? You know, and I just really mm -hmm. didn't want to be bothered. And, um, while I was going through this transition of not drinking, feeling a heck of a lot better and, and understanding that there were some bigger challenges in myself that I put at bay, um, I started looking at uh, the opportunity that presented itself, which was, it was a Super Bowl party I went to in the neighborhood. And um, during the course of the Super Bowl, I drank a two liter bottle of seltzer while I was sitting with gals around the kitchen table and people were watching a football game. And I knew I finished it because I was the only one drinking it. And I came home and I thought, I don't even like seltzer. Certainly there's something better out there. And I got online and looked up mocktails and I found that there was a wealth of information about mocktails. It's trending, millennials are drinking less, restaurants are supporting it, all these beautiful things. I'm like, uh, ready to drink mocktails, what are they? And nothing came up. So that's where my journey transitioned to continuing to live a sober lifestyle to, empowering others to feel part of any occasion with a premium mocktail because if we don't drink wine, it doesn't mean we want a Diet Coke. Um, so I was inspired to start Mingle Mocktails with the spirit of enabling everybody to feel part of the occasion, socially connected, and having something special that made them feel cared for as opposed to a soda or water. So. That's about the gist of it, Annie. I know it's kind of short and sweet, but I could go as long as you want about my life, you know? I love that. So um, so I, I have so many questions. So first of all, okay, before we get into the exciting mocktail part, because I have so many questions about that also, you've, you've literally zeroed in on a struggle that I think everybody who changes their relationship with alcohol and stops drinking has. And it's so cool and it's such an amazing time because it is trending because so many people are making this mindset shift. Um, and this is really becoming, you know, a really big trend. But again, like even in the US, we have such few things. Like in the UK, they have drydrinker.com and they have all sorts of non-alcoholic wines and, you know, um, alcohol-free beer and all this stuff. And you can actually get it. They even have, you know, Seedlip is the first, I guess, non-alcohol uh, spirit. spirit. Yeah. And so all of this stuff. And, and in, in the States, there just hasn't been um, really anything at all before before mingle so i'm i'm just so personally excited about the brand and, and where you're going with this um what what is like where can people find mingle mocktails it's available on amazon and minglemocktails.com and i am based in philly so i've been getting into a number of gourmet grocery stores in the mid-atlantic but really focused on pennsylvania dc and New, New Jersey. However, you know, I'm really looking to expand and grow my business. Um, there are some fun other, other customers that I love. There's a, a sober bar called Sans Bar in Austin, Texas. And um, they, Chris Marshall is the owner and founder, and we've connected on Sober Lifestyles. So he serves Mingle. 
Um, there's a winery in Ohio, there's a bar in Wisconsin, and all these organizations, whether they serve alcohol or they lead with a sober presence, what I love is um, us non-drinkers are taken care of. And to me, like I get so, that's why I started the business. It is a business, but, it, but the overall mission and intent is to support people like us who, the initial slogan I had was choose to lose the boost, but still wanted to feel part of the party. And doing the research, companies like Seedlip inspired me because I thought, am I a dork? You know, am I an outcast because I'm quitting drinking and, you know, I feel so compelled to do something about it. And the research proved that there's a huge population, 30% of Americans don't drink for various reasons. And we all know people take breaks, but um, we're still stuck with the same thing. So um, it's exciting to think of the, the number of organizations and types of people I'm touching, you know. Yeah, it's so cool. And it's such an important part because I always talk about this idea of um, drifting back into drinking. And I feel like drifting is really dangerous because I guess my work is pretty much 100% focused on being mindful about what you're doing and really putting your conscious brain, your prefrontal cortex at the center stage and um, really trying to undo the subconscious conditionings we've had around drinking. And one of the places where that subconscious really rears its head is in social situations, social situations and stressful situations. Those are the two things where really we've habitually drank. And so we have these patterns and routines in our mind. And when what happens if we just don't make a, a fully present choice beforehand, we can drift back in, in these social situations. We can get our arm turned. I mean, I've dozens and probably hundreds of stories of people who just had the best intentions, but if it was going to get too intense or too hard, you know, then they were going to, um, they weren't fully necessarily committed and just that social situation just came up and all of a sudden the arm is twisted and there they are and they're having a drink and they didn't even realize it. And now it's, it's the next morning and they've had three or four because the off button doesn't work in them anymore. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, they're in this place where not only have they drifted back into it and they have a lot of regret around that, especially if they'd really made an intention not to, but then equally it really reconfirms this idea. Like that experience was fun. You know, when you sat around when I love that, like sitting around with all the women when, you know, the football game is on in the background and just like this uninterrupted time to talk and, and hang out. And that was fun anyway, you know, seltzer water or wine. But then when you drift back into the wine and you leave a fun event, you really form this subconscious belief that, oh yeah, well, it was fun because of the alcohol or you reconfirm a belief that you'd had before. Right. So I feel like you are, um, it's such an important business. And I mean, everything about like, so your website is minglemocktails.com and like everything about it from like the packaging to the flavors, yeah. it's just so classy. And, you know, also I know you pay a lot of attention to like ingredients and stuff to feel yeah. people can feel really good about this. Whereas I know for me, when I wanted to feel part of something and indulge myself, when I first stopped drinking, I would go and order a Shirley Temple with my kids, which tastes great, but is so super sugary and yeah. horrible for you. 
I used to love them as a kid, but we're adults now. So, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I thought I have like four key pillars and they are pillars because I think they're what I want and what I stand for. And one is that it's a healthy product. It's made with all natural and organic ingredients. Cause if I'm not going to drink booze, then I'm not going to put some other chemicals in my body. Uh, secondly, it's low calorie. So I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not breaking the bank calorie wise. So that's nice. But the third thing is it's packaged with a sophisticated intent. I say that it looks just as appealing as a bottle of wine because we all know how appealing that Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Grigio looked back in the day, right? And so I want to have that experience just in a healthier mindset. And then the last one is it fosters inclusion. I, I took some heat on social media from time to time when I first launched where people who are uh, the lead a sober lifestyle. I showed that you can serve it as a locale mixer or as a mocktail because my husband is a social drinker. I am surrounded by social drinkers and I want to live a life out in the world. So I love that mingle fosters inclusivity because if you don't drink, then you don't mix. And unlike mixers out there, you can't drink it alone, but um, anybody can drink it. And so I don't want to exclude the drinkers but it's for the non-drinker first. It's a, I say it's a mocktail first because you look online as to what's available and there's only, you know, Seedlip is a distilled spirit. Um, it's got a different flavor profile, um, but there are so few options for us. So I thought about sophistication, you know, health, low calorie, and then the whole idea of fostering inclusion and a social connection. I just absolutely love that. Um, so just one follow-up question on sort of your personal story. You said you found it really tough to, to stop, and I'm sure, like, you know, everybody can relate to that. But was there any tips or tricks that you could share with people or that you had for people from your own journey? Well, um, I think you have to be uh, gentle with yourself. I, I made a couple runs at quitting drinking uh, because it is hard. And um, if you are truly committed to, to living a sober life, just try and be gentle uh, to yourself, knowing that it's going to be hard. And it's, <laughs> you know, you have to plan for what comes along with that. So I learned, looking back, I thought I was really hard on myself with this all or nothing attitude that I was going into it, that I'd feel great, not knowing the challenges that I experienced out in social situations and work situations where it didn't feel so great at the time. But um, I guess uh, be gentle with yourself and know that um, hard work pays off. You know, there's that phrase one day at a time. I think what helped me was taking my um, sober lifestyle one situation at a time. And when I first stopped drinking, um, when I experienced uh, situations where I knew there would be a lot of drinking and a lot of heavy drinking, I had to have a plan as to how am I going to take care of myself so I feel good. And it was things like carrying diet ginger ale when I was going to Christmas parties because people didn't have anything but seltzer and I wanted something. Um, so, you know, make sure you take care of yourself and, and plan for events when you start going out there. Um, and then I think last would be to connect on social communities like yours, listening to your podcasts and knowing that you're, you know, we're not alone. If you, if you really are committed to this life, sober lifestyle, what I love is there's a wealth of information online supporting that initiative, not just my product. 
I, I go to so many outlets online to reinforce that wonderful, beautiful, smart people also lead a sober lifestyle and have been through situations before me. And so there's so much experience out there that people who are just starting their journey should absolutely tap into. Oh, that's so good. So helpful. Well, this is awesome. I'm, I'm so, so, so excited about your business and, you know, everything that's, that's going on with it and where, you know, this can go. And I would just love to see it everywhere because, um, man, it is tough. I have really just, what do I drink? I drink soda water with a splash of cranberry and lime and that's good, but it's also like, you know, it's the same thing all the time. And it is like, I don't know, completely pulling teeth to try to find or get something else. And I've tried a non-alcoholic beer or two and they just make me feel so bloated. Like it's like my stomach is just, I don't know, doesn't really agree with me. And I don't really like the taste of beer now that, you know, I really was drinking beer for the alcohol, if I'm honest. So of course, (laughs) it's not really. (laughs) Why do we drink? It's not necessarily the taste. Let's be honest here. I'm just, just bear with me one second showing here is just because we're talking about it, I thought people should see what it is. Um, Here's the Blackberry Hibiscus Bellini, and here's the Cranberry Cosmo. These are the two hot sellers for the holidays. And um, what I love is I can have a whole bottle of this, and it's less calories than a can of soda, and I feel really cool. I highly recommend another tool for anyone who's um, entering into a sober lifestyle is whatever you're drinking, non-alcoholic, throw it in a champagne or a wine glass because to me what I missed about not drinking is holding that elegant glass. So I designed Mingle to be served. A Cosmo should be in a, a martini glass. It just doesn't have alcohol. And my girlfriends mix it, which good for them. Um, but it's just, it's allowed me to feel more comfortable with these social experience, you know, experiences that we all love, you know, and I enjoyed the fact that over Thanksgiving, we had my husband loves wine. So he had his red wine, my sister is drinking her white wine, my parents and my kids, we were drinking mingle. And, you know, I just felt special and cared for because if I was stuck with water, I'd be looking at them going, that's not fair. You know, so you throw mingle in a nice glass with some fresh berries and it beats seltzer because you feel like you have something that is, you know, you deserve as when we enter into non-drinking, we shouldn't be punished for it. And I have had to share with people that they don't realize how leading a sober lifestyle is slightly unnatural in our culture. You touched on it, you know, the UK and other countries have so much more going on, but we support gluten-free, you know, vegan, (laughs) like all these other diet concepts and needs, yet um, you're just starting to see at nice restaurants, mocktail menus, which I love. I love seeing restaurants that have something like alcohol-free spirit section. So fun because they, they acknowledge that there are people out there that don't drink. And in Philly, there was an article just the other day about a handful of sober chefs that feature, you know, non-drinking menus with their um, food because they're sober themselves and, and they embrace and promote that lifestyle within their own businesses. I, I saw, I don't know if it was the same article, but I did see an article recently from a chef who is sober and just, he is such a big believer that the food really stands alone. 
And yeah. um, he brought out some research, which I just always love about how alcohol actually um, deadens your taste buds. So you don't enjoy as much of it. So his thing is like, look, drink as much as you want, but don't drink while eating my food, like which he's, I forget his name. I wish I could remember, but basically he's like, because I really want you to experience everything there is to experience with this culinary experience, as opposed to, you know, numbing your taste buds and, and not actually being able to experience it appropriately. Yeah, I think I jotted down his name. I think it was Michael Solomonoff. Um, uh, it was awesome. I It was the same article. And it's that example of search online, and you're going to find a wealth of information that supports uh, this lifestyle and the trend that people, younger people are drinking less because they're looking at what ingredients are in everything. You know, they want to live a cleaner lifestyle. And as fantastic as red or white or cocktails are, um, you know, too much of a, anything is not good for you. So I love that um, we are seeing this movement to uh, a healthier lifestyle coming from a younger generation, because I think that truly this whole concept of a mocktail is going to be more and more embraced. And I say, instead of beer, wine, and cocktails, I want to hear beer, wine, and mocktails. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it becomes more of an acceptable term because um, we, we deserve that. That's so cool. That's great. And, um, you know, in the, do you still find it hard, you know, having social drinkers around, having people um, you know, especially your husband, that's something I get asked all the time. My husband was a social drinker for a long time. He did end up eventually just stopping overall, but that was years into my own journey. And, and so I'm always, um, yeah, just interested in that because it's a question that I certainly get asked a lot. Well, um, I, yeah, I think people are intrigued or they are curious about it. And, you meet so many people, types of people, as I'm sure you have your own stories. I found that um, people ask why I quit drinking, but they only want the abbreviated answer. And, you know, I give them something short and sweet, and they usually leave it at that. And then we go on to our conversations. But the people who do ask and ask and probe and want to know more are usually the ones that are questioning their own drinking choices, or they have somebody in their life that is having challenges with alcohol. So, um, as I've gotten more comfortable with my own sober lifestyle, I've become far more comfortable in just giving short and sweet answers because that usually is enough, um, knowing that they really don't care. They only care about what they're drinking. Um, but then when people do ask more, I always kind of take a step back and to understand why they're asking, you know. So I think um, living without alcohol, you develop a confidence that, you are forced to develop to not only deal with these situations, but then embrace them because it may be hard when you get asked this or that at a party, but nothing beats waking up the next day with a clear mind and having that wonderful night's rest that is not clouded by drinking. So, you know, I love that. So true. And I think you're right. I think really zeroing in on, on intention, of, yes. of the person asking you is so important. I think that often when we're first nervous about it and when we don't have as much sort of experience under our belts, we can 
assume the intention of everybody is attacking. And actually, that's not really it. There's very few people who are attacking, and often the attackers are coming out of their own place of insecurity. And so you can handle that conversation very differently um, than somebody who just, you know, is asking because it's just normal to ask. I think it's almost, you know, if you play out a conversation with, hey, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm just drinking water, thanks. Oh, are you sure? Can I get you something? Come on. Like, it's almost like a social obligation to push a little bit, like to yeah. help give our friends permission, you know? And so um, it could be very mindless on the on the behalf of the person offering. But for somebody who's newly sober, that can feel like a really big push and intrusive and stuff. But I love that just giving simple answers and then just really understanding if somebody's coming from their own insecurity or their own you know, cognitive dissonance or desire to change and, and being able to tailor your answers accordingly. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, this is awesome. Well, so cool. Um, all right. So people can find you at minglemocktails.com and then everybody should be asking their favorite beer or bars and uh, for, <laughs> because that way we get yeah. some yeah, .com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I love engaging with people. Anybody can email me at info at minglemocktails.com. You know, from a, a product standpoint, I'm happy to work with people if they want to do wholesale orders, but I've, I've had a surge of online orders with the upcoming holidays and happy to, to provide that service to folks. Um, you know, all in all, I, I appreciate the opportunity to get more business, but what makes me so happy is when I get these unsolicited emails saying, I love what you're doing. This is fantastic. And basically kind of a, 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 a cheerleading feedback from various people saying, you know, what I just said before that I'm not crazy because this has been a journey. It was a journey to quit drinking and, um, it's been a journey to start and launch a new business. I am an entrepreneur, which I never thought I'd be. And that comes with a lot of fear, <laughs> a ton of fear. Um, but um, getting those little nudges of validation, those nods from people saying, you know, I support you. This is the best thing ever. Um, it keeps me going. And I do do a lot of um, interactive samplings and taste tastings with various customers at stores in the area and nothing brightens my day more than people saying, oh my gosh, this is perfect. This makes so much sense. And, um, you know, it's whether people are pregnant or they have somebody in their lives or they themselves don't drink that there's um, definitely a need for something a little more sophisticated than seltzer for non-drinkers so that we can enjoy the food and the experiences that go along with it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I love it. I just love it so much. That's so great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited about this. I um, absolutely will be also like featuring this in my newsletter and stuff. And um, because I, I would love to see this spread and I would love to see, I think what you're doing really is you're providing, it's not only a tangible drink for people to feel included, it's actually providing a, a cultural shift of sorts where people can feel normal for not drinking. And I think that is the, um, yeah, it's just the most powerful thing. It's really awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Annie, for having me. It is an honor. It's a delight to be able to speak to your uh, followers and I just appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. No, I absolutely love it. Thank you, Laura. Have a great day. You too. 
This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word. Thank you.